the blast from our past network. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me is co-host, Dean. Dean, why don't you join me in hyperspace as we travel to a galaxy that we love, but is oh so far away. It's and it's from a really long time ago. The ga- the galaxy is from <laughs> a, a really long time ago. It's a really ago. old galaxy. It's an old it's galaxy. Not one of those, one of those n- old ones. new modern yeah. white galaxies. It's an old exactly. old dirty dusty yeah. galaxy. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. some um, of our best friends yeah. live there. Oh, yes, some of our best friends live there. I love to hang out with our best friends. We won't hang out with many of them today. Uh but uh Great galaxy. Tim, I'm super pumped. I'm super excited for the episode today. There's a different uh, feel when it's a comic episode. I get like, I get like rejuvenated and I get like this, this new life in me. Um, I started podcasting on a comic book podcast. So I just like, every time I have to read a comic book for this podcast, I get this, I just get this throwback feel in this new life. I'm glad uh, we could oblige you here this week at Talking Back. I echo your sentiment but um, I'm leaning on the side of just being excited to cover more Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Also that. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we did all the movies. We did all of the movies. There's no more. There aren't we any more do to do. <laughs> so we I, did them. I've been missing the Star Wars content. And yeah. I thought this would be a good way to dip our toe back into that. Because I've, I've wanted to read this comic ever since, uh, since it came out. Um. And I never really had the chance until now. I would like to cover Ahsoka in some form, Dean, if you'll ever go ahead and watch it. For sure. That'll probably be on Patreon, though. That, that's the kind of stuff you gotta, yeah. gotta be a best friend for. So, I would love to do that. I would love to, uh, to cover that and, uh, yeah, to watch that and then cover it over on Patreon. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll try to do that. Okay. Sometime cool. in the near nearish future. Uh, yeah. So hey, jump on over to Patreon while you can, because we're shutting it down. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Taking everything off. Of That's there. all we've got is Patreon. That's how we try to pay our bills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So help help us out. Support us over there. Uh, there is some Star Star Wars exclusive content already over there. So go check it out. Hell yeah. Now, this week, we are reviewing Star Wars Vader Dark Visions. This is a five-issue miniseries that was released between March and June of 2019. Way back in 2019. 
a long time ago in 2019. So long ago. Uh, now, this, uh, this comic focuses on Darth Vader through the eyes of a few different minor characters. Now, Dean, I want to ask you. Yes. Do yes. you think that this miniseries held up to the name of Dark Visions? Do you think it was dark enough for that title? Because I was going in okay. with some pretty, pretty big ideas about what I thought this might be and how, right. how okay. dark it might be and where I want yeah. my friend Darth to take us. Right. Yeah. And in my mind, we we're getting pretty dark. So yeah. what did you think? Was it dark enough? You're like, you're like, I want to see Vader eat someone's liver. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I want to see right. yeah. in this comic book. Yeah. I want to see him um, turn full cannibal. Yeah. I, okay. I would say, um, yeah, I'm going to say this title's uh, maybe misleading. Uh, I, I get it now. Like after you read it all, you're like, okay, I get, I get the title. Um, I like the idea here, but it's not uh, what, what you were thinking going into it. I think it was not what I was thinking going into it. Uh, that makes me think like the title makes me think it's going to be a little more serious, uh, but it was like total fun. Like I, I am going to say right now, even though it was a different kind of thing than I was expecting, I am totally on board with this. I absolutely loved it. Um, Dennis Hopeless is like my guy. Uh, back when I was writing on uh, a nothing but comics blog, I was always sticking my neck out for him. Okay. Uh, I love I loved him. Uh, other people on the uh, blog did not love him, so I always felt myself writing pieces that were. Um, in support of his comics. I really like his feel. I like his vibe. So this whole thing of like these side characters that are just like observing Vader and how he like came in and affected their life, uh, totally works for me. And is just like a, a very, a very good book for Dennis hopeless to be writing. I think he has that kind of lighthearted feel. Um, even though he's dealing with subject matter that could be devastating, he like it has a way to get you connected to the characters and like makes it fun and kind of funny. So this was yeah, I was uh, totally on board kind of from page one and loved the whole thing. Yeah, so it wasn't quite as dark as I was expecting, but I yeah. do think it lives up to the title. I think it is. There's some dark stuff in this book, and yeah. I, I think the writing definitely is dark. I think what you get. Um, at times is the artwork not really matching the tone correctly. Sure. And yeah. If there was some maybe darker, more mature artwork, then I think you're really, really hitting on this dark visions idea. But yeah, again, at first, my first reaction was that wasn't quite what I was expecting. And then I, yeah. I read it again and I was like, no, this works just fine. This is like, this is what I was wanting uh, it is a comic book, so it's not going to be it's not going to be a rated R comic book, you know, released from Marvel about Star Wars. So, uh, you know, I shouldn't have really expected that, but um, I, I did like <laughs> like how dark some of the stuff was. But um, yeah, there's one thing in particular where I think a bit of a tonal shift in art would have just been perfect. Uh, okay, we'll get there, and I'll mention it when we get there, but. Uh, cool. That's just that's the one thing that I thought was missing in this book for me, other than the fact that I really didn't like one of the one of the stories. So it's it's five issues. It's anthology. One of them really didn't do it for me. OK, OK. One of them didn't do it for you. OK, I would say I have a clear in my mind one that is lower. Uh, so we'll see if it lines up. OK. And, and the reason it line. Well, the reason it is lower for me is because 
it doesn't really fit this whole dark visions concept. I, I don't get where that aspect of it fits in. I mean, I kind of do, and maybe we can talk about okay. it when we get there, but yeah, I'm just sitting over here trying to figure out if it is yeah. the same as the one that I thought like didn't, I, I would think the same. I thought it didn't quite fit. I think it would be interesting if we had different ones right now, because I kind of had the same idea. So we'll see. Well, I'm thinking of issue four. Is what I'm thinking. Of. Me too. Yeah, okay, okay so great. We'll yeah. <laughs> okay, right. yeah. we'll talk about yeah, that. That's yeah, I agree. That's the only one that doesn't quite fit here. There's 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 too much. Uh, yeah, it's it's too much of just like a regular comic. It's not what this this volume's doing. There's also just like their whole concept didn't work for me. Well, we're, we're getting way too ahead. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Let's talk about four now. <laughs> we could if you want. I did want to ask you, like, how do you want to do this? Do you want to have a general discussion about this miniseries? Uh, or do you want to like walk through the stories? Because I'm I'm oh, good with I either. I'm, um, I don't care. What, what whatever you want, Tim. Well, I'm asking you. That's I don't. I wasn't prepared to be asked a question. <laughs> no, um, not this again. How do I want to proceed? Uh, like uh, the stories. Let's talk about the stories. Okay, let's, let's walk, walk through, through the stories. The stories? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now here is a publisher summary about the book. I just thought I'd read. It's not a hundred percent accurate, but I'm going to read it anyways. It says, who is Darth Vader? He has been many things. A Sith warrior, a commander, a destroyer. Darth Vader is to many throughout the Galactic Empire a symbol of fear and mysterious otherworldly power. But there are some who have seen the Dark Lord in a different light. There are some corners of the galaxy so dark and desperate that even Vader can be a knight in shining armor. Okay. So it's yeah, pretty good. I feel like the publisher yeah. who wrote that only read issue one. Of course. I don't think yeah. they made it past <laughs> issue one. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's exactly what issue one is about, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's fine, though. Oh, issue one. It's excellent. It's <laughs> I mean, so good. Most, man. most of these issues are just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I, lo- I loved uh, this is unexpected. Let's just say that. Now written, as you mentioned already, by Dennis Hopeless Hallam. I'm not familiar with this guy, so I'm glad that you have some experience with him. Uh, art, it's like this whole miniseries, it's art and colors are by different people every book. So yeah. there are a lot of names I didn't recognize and a couple that I did. But stop me if you've heard of any of these people. On art, we have Paolo Villanelli. Brian Level, David Lopez, Javier Pina, Stephen Mooney, and Geraldo Borges. Colors, Arif Prianto, Jordan Boyd. That's a name I recognize, and you should too. Yeah. Munsta Vincente, Lee Lowridge, another name you should be familiar with, yeah. and Marcio Menes. So really, the only two that I know are Jordan Boyd, Lee Lowridge, because those are the dudes who did colors on Deadly Class. Yeah, it was, for it was sure. Jordan, Jordan um, Boyd for the first, you know, several volumes, and then it moved into Lee yeah. Lowridge. So these are these artists are uh, Marvel people. They're uh, they're on a lot of Marvel books, uh, so I've seen the names pop up on the books. Uh, I, honestly, the only one that stands out at the moment is David Lopez. I think David Lopez was on a Kelly Sudaconic book, maybe Captain Marvel or something like that. Um, but uh, 
They're names I've seen uh, because I used to read a lot. So, and I used to read a lot of Marvel books. So, like, I, I just see the name pop up. Uh, but yeah, nothing like, nothing really stand stand out stood out to me. Like David Lopez was kind of the only one where I was like, oh, I, I think I remember David Lopez's name. He was on some big books, uh, you know, back in the day. But uh, yeah, no, not not uh, not familiar with uh, many of them. Yeah, from what I what I saw, a lot of these people work on Avengers and X Men stuff. That's kind of what you. Okay. Get. Yeah. 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 For sure. And uh, Tim, I just wanted to say before we go on, um, because it kind of relates to some guests we've had on the show here. But uh, Dennis Hopeless and, and Cullen Bunn were kind of uh, big on for us on the uh, on the Nothing But Comics uh, blog because we've had on the show Patrick Hess and Alex Rupp uh, before on uh, on some comic book episodes, some movie episodes in the past, and. Uh, Patrick had written before, and this is back in like 2015, he had written that Dennis Hopeless is about to take the title from Cullen Bunn as the next big thing at Marvel that never was. Oh, wow. He he didn't really like uh, Dennis Hopeless or think that he wasn't really on very good titles. And he was about to be put on a title that like nobody cared about. So he thought he was on the way out. And it's funny that he had said that takes the title from Cullen Bunn. So uh, Alex really likes Cullen Bunn and likes a lot of Cullen Bunn's work. So he actually went to a comic store where Cullen Bunn was signing things. And he walked up to Cullen Bunn, put down some comics to get signed and said, you know, actually, I have a blog. I'm the editor of a blog um, where we talk about your books sometimes. And Cullen Bunn looked up and said, oh, yeah, you're that place that said that Dennis Hopeless is the next me to like amount to nothing at Marvel. Oh, no way. <laughs> He's like, I texted that. He's like, I texted that to Dennis. He thought it was pretty funny. No way. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so hilarious. these these two guys, I mean, Cullen Bunn isn't on this book at all, but uh, these two guys are kind of uh, infamous in the nothing but comics world. <laughs> That's great. You guys, you guys yeah. are famous then. Yeah. I mean, Dennis Hopeless knows about us. Yeah. So. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he knows that I'm such a uh, uh, such a, a huge fan of his, but he does know that we wrote something about him once. I'm going to go ahead and guess that he doesn't think you're a fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. You should shoot I'm him a message. Sure. Yeah, Clear I should air. actually check. I should check some of those uh, some of those tweets. We used to tweet out the reviews um, that we we did, and I did a lot of Dennis Hopeless reviews because I always felt like I needed to stick up for him. And I wonder. I'm, I'm trying to think if he ever like liked one of them or if he ever like responded thanks for the review i feel like he did like one of the one time so maybe he knows that positive things are being written about his books cool well hey maybe we'll uh we'll tweet out to uh dennis with this episode because yeah because i think we it. have nothing but positive things to say about it oh yeah like uh, honestly one of my one of my top writers i absolutely love him but that that's kind of our jam here is we don't really talk all that bad about stuff you know we we usually try yeah. to talk nice about stuff we're trying to cover stuff that we like so you know we don't we're not yeah. we're kind of we try to be sort of happy sometimes just yeah, sort positive. of happy and positive yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there's sure. so much negativity out there we just try to bring a bit of positivity to everybody's lives exactly you don't need to add to it yeah now let's talk about vader destroying people no just kidding um very positive <laughs> <laughs> covers all the covers done by greg smallwood Mm, okay. And I do want to touch on each and every one of the covers. Perfect. Now, starting this off, issue one. This was like, you know when um, 
I don't know, maybe not everybody can relate to this because maybe they haven't seen it, but up here in Canada, they have like stampedes and there's stampede shows on TV. And this issue was like when a guy gets on a bull and, you know, the bull is like stuck in between the fences, just ready to go. And then the guy, a guy right. gets on his back and he's like, I don't want this on my back. And then they open the gate and that bull right. goes yeah. fucking bananas. That's what I felt this issue was for this book. It was that bull yeah, totally. getting free from the cage and just going. Yeah, totally. That's I was my like, analogy. yeah, as soon as it started to go, as soon as this issue started to go, I was like, what is this? What is this book? Yeah. This is, I like it. This is awesome. I was, this is I was going yeehaw, yeehaw. Yeehaw. Yep, exactly. Yeehaw. Now it's called Savior. And the cover, very nice cover. It's all black and red with Vader riding on a horse. The horse has horns and glowing red eyeballs. Yeah. His lightsaber is activated. It's red in all its glory. He's holding a shield. Come on, dude. If anybody right. didn't need a shield, it's Darth Vader, but he's got it. Heavy, yeah. heavy flex. And then there's uh, silhouettes of birds flying in the background. And I like the way that um, it's framed. Like, we're lower down on the ground looking up towards him. Yes. It makes him yes. look very majestic, like very powerful. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like he just... Like a hero. <laughs> yeah, like a hero. Maybe like he just ran yeah. you over with his uh, demon horse as well. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Also that. <laughs> Now, the art in this issue uh, I thought was very nice. The colors were very nice. It was very vibrant. They had a lot of really, really good panel work. Um, a lot of things where it like elevated the element of action that we were seeing just by the way that they laid mm. the panels out. So that was all yeah. nice. It wasn't like an extreme amount of detail in the art, um, but there was like just enough w without overdoing it. And sometimes I prefer overdoing it. Like sometimes I want that overdone art. Um, but in this case it was, it was kind of perfect. It was kind of just like the perfect yeah. amount. Yeah. I get, it just depends on what like vibe you're going for in the comic. Um, definitely very, very detailed art is great. Uh, this one I thought worked because it was kind of chaos and it was like, it was supposed to be a little bit like that you couldn't understand it you know a little a little wild a little fast moving a little uh you know, like devastating with the like the amount of uh action that was happening so when it got into the action and it was a little hard to like see exactly what's going on i thought that really fit with uh what the at least what the issue was going for yeah so we start on a planet where we learn through a young boy that this planet used to be a great society but has since fallen, and the people have been forced to move underground. Now, this race of people are humanoid. Um, only difference is they have blue skin, and they've got tiny little noses. Kind of like Voldemort. Mm, yeah, right. They live underground, but are currently on the surface, because a time they call the slumber, which is when they surface to collect enough resources to last them a year is happening. 
and they have to collect those resources before something they call the awakening happens when they're all forced right. back down underground. Now, this boy sees an explosion beyond the clouds and thinks to himself, it's a bad omen, but the god they have down there with them is far worse than what I, than whatever is up there. Yeah, right, yeah. Great. Yeah, great. Then, great double-page spread as we immediately jump past the clouds to what that is out there. Yeah. And it's the Empire fighting the rebels. There's X-Wings, Y-Wings, TIE Fighters, Star Destroyers, and Rebel Cruisers just filling these two pages. It, it was beautiful. Yeah. An X-Wing fighter gets shot, and the pilot goes kamikaze, smashing into Vader's TIE Fighter, and forcing Vader to land on the planet for repairs. The Blue Boy sees a ball of fire come through the clouds and crash, the rest of his people start screaming for their lives that the slumber has ended and they mm. all race to the underground tunnels. But the boy says he had to stay and watch. Safety was taking a backseat to curiosity. So he goes over to the crash site and watches as the door of the TIE fighter is kicked open and Vader now stands before him. The boy calls Vader the Black Knight. Then we see a huge golden eyeball open beside where Vader is standing. And then we see the behemoth of a creature that this eyeball belongs to. It's huge. It, it's huge. Vader is roughly the same size as its eyeball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Dean... Or smaller. Describe... Yeah, <laughs> maybe smaller. Describe this fucking behemoth to us. Okay, um, describe it. Uh, I, I like that its intro, its introduction of kind of like busting out of the ground really reminded me of like the poster for Jaws. And it's because it's, uh, it's like nose is very like peaked to a point and it starts like coming out of the ground with a wide open like giant mouth um and like kind of coming out to bite vader basically and it looks like that cover for jaws like i i wonder if that was you know some inspiration just like this giant creature um that everyone's afraid of maybe but uh, yeah this thing's like it, so it's it's just absolutely massive it's got these it's got this pointy nose giant eyeballs razor teeth I think it's got some some like claws going on too. Um, it's like a Godzilla type thing um, that has rained destruction, I guess, uh, on this uh, on this small world. Yeah, it looks like a giant shark kaiju. Yeah, really exactly. Neat. Yeah. So the boy says, when the Ender first arrived, it took out their armies in one day. So. Early on here, I think it's really cool the way that this society is talking about this creature. So yep. they only come out during the slumber, which is when this thing is sleeping. And it sounds like it sleeps for like a couple weeks and then is up for an entire year. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they only have a bit of time to collect resources. And then like they call it the awakening. That's when they have to be underground because that's when the ender yeah. is awake and roaming, you know, their world. And I love the ender because it ended their civilization. 
So yeah. it's all like rudimentary terms. It's like what you see is what you get. Uh, yeah. But it, it takes you several pages to kind of like learn what they're talking about. It's because yeah. this this one was sort of set up almost like they're telling us like um, the history of what happened. Um, and they kind of like end it on that note as well. But yeah, it, it was it felt like a retelling more than anything else. Yeah, it was great. It was all in the setup. You didn't really know why. Like, yeah, it was a retelling because you didn't know what these words meant. You just knew that they were saying uh, the, the slumber. You knew they were saying awakening. And you knew they were saying enter. But you didn't really know what that was. Then it all comes together when this this big creature comes up. I love, I was going to say, Tim, I love that the terms are so simple um, because it's just what it's what happened. Now you can easily connect those dots yeah. back to what they were talking about. You don't get lost in the terms. And uh, what, what I think Hopeless is really good at, and he, he often deals with books that have a lot of characters, uh, he's good at getting you to care about someone kind of immediately, like within a page, even though you might not even know who they are. Because uh, he kind of started on uh, C and D rate Marvel characters, and so you kind of have to like get to like them right away. And I felt that in this issue, I, like liked this kid right away, and like just hearing the history, and then hearing this monster, this Ender come up, I was like, oh, okay, like I get it. I totally get the entire history of this planet now, just like kind of immediately. Um, and then you start to think, you're like, oh wait, is Vader gonna like beat the shit out of this monster? This is awesome. This monster has destroyed this entire planet and he's just gonna come down and beat the shit out of it. Yeah. I love this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to touch on something you said there, uh, because that's really interesting that you like how hopeless um, you know, attaches you to these characters. Hundred percent I felt that with this character, this blue boy in this story. And same with um a couple of the other ones. You know, I really, really felt connected yeah. to the characters really early on, and it helped make the story so much fun. And yeah. the stories that are a little bit lesser for me uh, are ones where I didn't quite connect with the character. So I'd say issue four, I didn't connect at all with the character. And then issue yeah. five, um, I don't think there was a, a character to connect with. So I don't yeah. think he was trying. I, I would that, agree but, with that. But yeah, we can. Yeah, we can get to that in five. But uh, I would totally agree with that. But yeah, that's what we get here now is Vader. <laughs> like, he needs, Vader needs to fight for his life, right? So yeah. he jumps on this thing. He puts his saber through its eye. Great panels here with Vader oh, attacking yeah. this creature from like all fronts. And it's a great use of scale as well because we see Vader on its head. Then we see Vader in its mouth cutting teeth off. Then you see Vader running on its back, cutting it up. So they really did a good job of letting you know how large this thing was. And it was huge. We're talking oh, like yeah. something that would easily like fit in a like NFL stadium, easily just like be towering oh, yeah. over that, crush that with no problem. It, it was humongous. It was like 20 stories tall or more even. Probably more. Yeah. Yeah. So the Ender smashes Vader with its tail then picks him up and smashes him into a concrete building. And the boy says, just like that, the battle is over. Yeah, and I love that this kid is watching. Like, 
he they're supposed to go to the slumber they're supposed to or they're they're supposed to, this the, the awakening's happening and uh so so they're supposed to get underground or they're going to be dead this monster will kill them and he's like no i need to watch and he's calling vader the black knight and he's like what if the knight defeats him what if he wins and you get this like sense you're like oh yeah this would be like huge and historic if he wins there's no reason to go underground you don't need to go there so he's putting his faith in this just like black knight that has landed with his like red sword that he has it's just like so cool uh, i just I, I love this idea yeah he thinks he's witnessing something special so that's why he's risking yeah. his life to yeah. view it and if like if, if Vader wins, he wants to be there to view it. He wants to be there to b- view the 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 death of the Ender. It would all be over. All the suffering would be over if Vader just wins this. Yeah, he's the only one around watching. Everybody else has has left. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, he has to flee for safety though. Uh, he heads to the underground tunnels, but the Ender catches up, and is about to kill him when Vader rides out on the four eyed horse we now we see it has four eyes uh it's the same horse from the cover and he uses the force to throw the boy out of the way more great art with vader sailing through the air up at this thing's headline he uses the force to expose the ender's neck and cuts its neck wide open wow the boy says Out the Black Knight steps, our impossible savior who fell from the sky, fell to God, and set an entire planet free, standing right in front of me, magic fire sword flickering, this is my hero, my savior. Why does my every hair stand on end? Yes. He tells Vader thanks. Vader says, you should not thank me, child. Then a Star Destroyer breaks through the clouds. Vader looks at the boy and says, It seems the Force is with you today. Then Vader stands on top of his TIE fighter and uses the Force to raise it and him up into the Star Destroyer. Then we see the boy retelling this story to his people who are now living on the surface again and the end so i love it i love i love the idea that vader is like the savior of a planet and he doesn't even care he doesn't even like really know what happened and he has just saved this entire planet it really felt to me like some sort of like thor comic or something where where like a god would have just like landed on a planet and then done something maybe unintentional and now this whole planet just praises that god and like vader is now the god of this planet uh great idea i loved it yeah i like that i think he was gonna kill the boy at the end oh for sure uh, yeah he was if the star destroyer didn't come down uh definitely yeah, he is no that. hero no I, th- that's what i like about that boy's comment but like why are the hairs standing yeah. up on me because I think he knew he was like facing death in in the in the eyes yeah. there. Um, yeah, that was a nice touch. Seeing Vader standing on a Tie Fighter and forcing himself up into a Star Destroyer was one yeah. of the coolest things I've ever seen, and <laughs> such yeah, a amazing. powerful use of force. Uh, the first time I went through it, I thought they were tractor beaming him. Second time I paid attention to it, that is not the case. He has his hand raised. He is raising the ship up himself. Awesome. Incredible. Yeah. So good. And like there is that moment 
where the ship shows up and I'm like, how are they going to get up there? Like, <laughs> you know, how are they going <laughs> to get the ship? Broken. And boom, they start going. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's great. <laughs> that's great. All right. Issue two is called Unacceptable. And the cover is Vader standing against a white background. We see his helmet, but the black of his body is showing the face of a man. And this man's face looks very creepy. It's all red. It has lifeless eyes. The mouth is open. And underneath that face is a Star Destroyer that looks like it's being hit by like a red lightning bolt of some some sort. Mm. So yeah. very nice, very sinister looking cover yeah good cover um and yeah i I feel like the covers usually set the tone for the issue to come definitely yeah yeah that's what's happening no 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 difference here that's exactly what's happening now the art and colors in this issue were a bit rougher than the first issue but still all in all looked really good Uh, i think the rougher aspect actually suited this issue a bit a bit better uh, so I kind of yep. I kind of liked it for that. The, this issue's like the, the story is a little bit like rough around the edges, and I kind of felt like the the art was um, m- kind of meeting it there, meeting it in the middle. So, yeah, and I think uh, I think that rough art is also sort of made up for in the panel layout. I think the panel layout's very interesting in this one. I'm I'm always like pulling back from the entire book and kind of looking at it and looking at what it's trying to make with the layout. So I thought that that was uh, an extra thing to the book that was really cool and, and made up for like the, the art being a little rough. Yeah, that's a good point. This had the most experimental panel work. Like they were really yeah. taking chances. They were really doing some cool stuff with panels, like not just a regular like layout of panels, but panels breaking and you kind of like yeah. seeing the imagery in broken pieces of panels. Um, cool stuff. This one also has the funniest moment out of all these five issues is in, is in this one. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I think about, I know Dean, what it is. I think I know what it, it is. It was yeah. one of the greatest visuals I, I, I've seen. I laughed, I laughed out it's loud. So, so I funny. think I know what it is. Yeah. It's the only moment in this like entire miniseries that I actually laughed out loud. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be the same. Now, the Empire wipe out a key rebel base without a single Imperial casualty and will be able to steal valuable intel from their computers. But a single rebel spy managed to escape with schematics to a key military factory. Imperial Commander Tylux, who was the face on the cover, says it's unacceptable. But another officer says he thinks it was a great victory. Look, they took over. They, they took over this base. They, they're going to get the intel. They didn't lose a single man. Yeah, so a spy got away. Okay, he got some schematics to a factory. The rebels have no idea where that factory is, so it doesn't really matter. Don't worry about right. it. This is a great success. So Tylex reluctantly agrees, and orders him to inform High Command of their great success. Tylex, shortly after that, is notified that Lord Vader is on route to personally retrieve the captured rebel spy. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Oh, Uh-oh. shit. Of course. That's when your course. boss is like, did you did you uh, finish that research? And you're like, yep, I certainly did. Yeah. And uh, can, he's can like, uh, uh, can you send it to me? 
Can you send me that? Uh, yep, yep. In uh, two that, hours. Yeah, send that to you in a couple <laughs> hours. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, oh, sorry. I forgot about yeah. this. <laughs> I'm really busy with other important work right now, and I will get that to you yeah. as soon as this other really important work gets done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Tylux remembers years ago when he was in a room when he saw Vader kill five officers for failing him. Vader told Tylux in that room to be better than them. So Telex is 100% shitting himself here, and it is oh, yeah. all hands on deck to try to catch this spy. Tylux orders his Star Destroyer to break from the fleet and pursue the spy. <laughs> yeah, They track the spy to an asteroid belt where Tylux sends out some ties to attack the spy ship, and they force it to fly down to the planet and on this planet, there are level 12 sandstorms. So, <laughs> Seems high. Something I'm not really going to touch on a lot is the spy yeah. himself. But <laughs> right. there's a lot of great reactions from the spy because yeah. of the, t the, the tactics that Tylex is using are so unorthodox and so yeah. utterly dangerous that the, the spies is like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, yeah, he's bringing a star destroyer into an asteroid field. He's he's like sending. He's gonna send all the ties down to the planet after me. Like they're gonna they they can't handle the heat as well as his ship can. They're all gonna get fried. So he's loving it. Like it's it's it working in his favor. But he's just utterly confused with everything that Tylex does, which I thought was funny. Yeah, it's great. Like everybody on on his ship uh, is like freaking out, like saying what's happening, and then he's just always like, "Hey, I mean, it's worse for them." Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, this sucks that they're here, but this is going to be way worse for them. So yeah, just let him come; it'll be fine. Yeah, Tylux is just fucking awesome. He's so obsessed, and the art of him is great. Yeah, he's sweating. He's screaming. Uh, he decides to send every TIE fighter they have down to that planet and takes the Star Destroyer too. And yep. the combination of storm, heat, and the spy fighting back, they take out all of the TIE fighters. Right. Uh, then they the spy takes off back into the asteroid belt. The Star Destroyer follows. The spy sees an exogorth which is one of those like asteroid worms, those gigantic asteroid yeah. worms. It flies into its mouth. And then this is the moment. This is the funniest moment of the it. book. Tylux tries to take the Star Destroyer <laughs> into the mouth as well. Now, come <laughs> on, everybody. I'm sure you remember <laughs> in, uh, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, Empire, when, yeah. uh, when Solo takes the Falcon into the Exogorth's <laughs> mouth, you can get the size of it, right? The Falcon was pretty small, made it yeah. made its way down that mouth pretty easily. Now picture a Star Destroyer doing it. And my goodness, this was just great. It's a full page, yes. too. It's a full page of the Star Destroyer flying into this thing's mouth. And it continues right through the worm's entire body and bursts out the other side in just disgusting fashion. Like, <laughs> yeah. This thing, there's no need <laughs> to fly into this thing's mouth, but it does. 
and then it flew out, and this, this fucking Exegorth just was utterly demolished. It was so yeah. funny. It's so funny. This idea is so perfect. It's not only funny, but it just like raises the level of obsession he's at. Yep. Like one of my one of my favorite things in stories is a person that is absolutely obsessed with something and so much so that they don't think clearly and they just make every single decision they're making is just for that one goal. And this is doing it like the, the, this captain is definitely super obsessed, making all these horrible decisions, but this is the worst decision ever. <laughs> like they flew, the person he's flying after flew into something that has no exit just wait at the exit, which is the mouth of the worm. Like you can just wait there for it, but he's so obsessed that he needs it now. He has to get that. Uh, he has to get that, that rebel now because Vader's coming and Vader's going to see that he didn't have the rebel. So he flies directly into the mouth, way too big for that mouth, hammers into it. I'm laughing so hard. And it's also just like, perfect. He has the guy cornered. Just wait, just wait him out. Nope. Got to go through the worm. <laughs> It's uh it's just a great page because the so the good. way that star destroyers are shaped is a triangle, right? So yeah. a lot of it is able to get in the mouth. But by yes, the time totally. you get to the ass end of the star destroyer, it's too big. It, it's not going to fit, but like 80% of it is already inside the worm. But the yeah. last 20% just utterly tears this thing apart. It's and then it the rebel so ship. Funny. It's so funny, and then the rebel ship that's inside has to shoot its way out of the the worm. And Ty Lux is like, "See, see, he has to shoot his way out. It's a good plan. It's a good decision I made to fly into this worm's mouth because we forced him to shoot out." Yeah, yeah, he might be right. <laughs> I don't know if he's right. Uh, is so good. Well, I mean, I'm sure the spy went in there to hide, right? <laughs> yeah, so definitely. I think Ty Lux yeah. did what he had to do. It, right, just ram that Star Destroyer into the mouth. Yep. Now, the Star Destroyer, after all the damage it's been taking, is suffering massive power surges, and then five Rebel ships drop out of hyperspace right in front of them and open fire. Tylux orders the crew to abandon ship. Then we see it completely engulfed in flames. But we know from the movies... Like, it takes a long time to take one of these Star Destroyers down. They can take a lot of damage. Oh, yeah. Things can be on fire. Things can be blowing up. That sucker can go for days. So a little while later, we see Tylux alone on the bridge with an oxygen mask. He's still manning the ship. Vader walks on the bridge and says, failure is unacceptable. And the end. Great. Great. Another great issue. Another one where I'm just so excited for this book two very different things two very different issues already but i'm getting it i get what this book's about um and it's uh it, it's great yeah this this one uh another another great one for me yeah the first one was all vader this one vader's in it for like one panel but, but yeah it's all you but need his it. effect his, like yeah the yeah. idea of him is is yeah it, it has infected this entire issue it's infected tylex's brain yeah so I'm starting to understand that this book is just going to be about 
like people that Vader has crossed their paths in whatever way, like very directly or not so directly and how that affected their lives. And it's, it's, it's a great idea. It's absolutely a great idea because you don't see a lot of these, like obviously in movies, you don't see a lot of these small players, but like, even though there's so many, you know, beings on so many planets and he comes in and does his shit and then he's gone. What is it like? You know, what is it like for that person? Or what is it like for this, like, uh, th- this pilot or well, general or what? What is he? Uh, I think he's a commander, Tylux. Yeah, commander. Okay, yeah. So uh, for this commander, um, who you know one time was in a room with Vader, who killed everyone else in that room, and what that's done to him in this moment, uh, it's yeah, it's really good. It's made him go completely insane. In insane, in he's insane. In fear for his life. Yeah, uh, I love that about yeah. uh, about this story. I love how scared he is, and. The art really reflects that. Like th- there are great panels where the way he's drawn, he's overly drawn as acting like insane. You know, like the yeah. pictures sort of warp his face in a way that you wouldn't even actually be able to make your face look. You know, it's like that over exaggerated yeah. emotion. Uh, but it really fit. It really made me feel like like he was really this urgent about things. And this is another issue where like. I really connected with Commander Tylux. Uh, oh, like yeah. the writing, even though he's this Imperial commander who I shouldn't really care about, I really like I really got invested in his story. And I mean, I yeah. knew from the beginning he was going to get killed. That's what this is setting <laughs> up right off the bat. I knew it was coming and I was so excited to watch it happen and I just loved his like his attempts to get out of this but there w- there was no way yeah. out and it was mad it was great to, great to watch yeah i would say with this one that this does show a bit of a flaw with vader's techniques because cool. if the commander wasn't afraid for his life they wouldn't have lost all the resources that they did and that's on vader here so you know if, if vader doesn't put like the fear in these people that they're going to die if they fail him, they never would have gone after this spy. It probably would never have amounted to anything. And they would still have a Star Destroyer. They'd still have a fleet of TIE fighters. They'd still have the commander. Those are all wasted resources because of the way Vader does things. But ask I love ask that. Vader if he cares. I think you know what the answer is. He does not. Uh, I love that, Tim. That's a that's a great take because, yeah, they won. It was a victory. They just all that happened was someone stole something and they don't even know where it is. They don't even know what they stole was plans to something they don't even know where where to find it. So like it's useless. There was a huge victory for them, and instead they lost everybody. Yeah. Every ship, every person, just because one guy was afraid for his life. He knew that if Vader stepped on his <laughs> ship, he was dead. Yeah. So he's like, no, I need to, and like probably only him. Probably only him is dead if Vader steps on the ship. Yes. But he kills everybody in just like pursuit of making that right. So yeah, I think you are correct in that. That is just uh, some bad leadership from Vader. They can't be too afraid of you. I think this is also a glimpse into how the Emperor must feel with Vader and why right. why their relationship is so fragile. And You don't really get that in the movies, right, but yeah. you get that in the comics a lot. Um, the Emperor often views vader as a failure and doesn't like the way he's doing things and yeah this is why like look what he just cost the empire this is a, vader essentially like dealt 
<laughs> a blow to his own side. Right. Yeah. Which, which uh, kind of goes with like the whole idea of him ultimately being an inside agent. Right. <laughs> right. For he, sure. He's yeah. probably not trying to do it in this moment, but ultimately what he does yeah. is he goes to the other side and dismantles it from within. And here's an example of it, you know, whether he meant to do it or not. Totally. The Emperor used to have Dooku, who's just a schmoozer. You know, he's getting on everyone's good side. That's what he used to have. Now he has Vader, who everybody's like killing entire fleets because they're so afraid of him. Oh, man. The Emperor and Dooku used to go to cocktail parties and they could. For sure. They were like the life of the party. Uh, Everybody wanted to talk to them. And then Vader shows up and. Oh, my goodness. Just not the 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 conversationalist that Dooku is. No, he shows up, he he walks to the water cooler, and everyone stops talking because they were talking about him. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, all right. Issue three. Now, as much of a home run that issue one was, I think this is my favorite. Cool. It's called Tall, Dark, and Handsome. All right, and I mean, that's how I feel about Vader. It's just this is just what no, I definitely it's just what I think. Uh, it fits the description. <laughs> yeah. Now um, the cover, beautiful colors, like sh- it's, it's like obviously lots of black because it's Vader, lots of shades of purple and pink because the other person yeah. with him on the cover is a beautiful woman, and Vader is standing stoic as Vader does, and a beautiful woman is standing in front of him in a very fancy dress, and she is caressing his face. But it is not Padme. It is not. It is not. Now, the art in this issue, again, really good. You're not going to get bad art in this comic. It's all really, really good. I would say this issue is the most cartoony um, or playful of the bunch, but it really fits perfectly with the tone of the story, and the character that we're going to be following. So it, it again, it like suited the issue. It suited the writing really, really well. Yeah, I think this one was David Lopez. And, uh, you know, he's worked on some massive books. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a good, great artist. This one is about a female Imperial medical assistant aboard Vader's Star Destroyer who's madly in love with him. Uh-huh. That's just fun. It's that's, so fun. That's a fun it's, idea. Yep. It's it, you said uh you mentioned how great the first issue is. You think this is your favorite. This is uh the idea of this, the idea of this issue is on par for me with the idea of the first one of that Vader's the savior of a world and he doesn't even know it. This is also on par with that, that someone is just madly in love with them who's never talked to him before, <laughs> but just like the idea of Vader there she's obsessed with. Yeah. Uh, this is so funny. This is such a great idea. So this medical assistant, this nurse, she loves seeing Vader and how he can lead thousands of subordinates with a single look. Vader walks past her in a hallway, and she goes into a daydream of her and Vader together. This was a great spread here. Um, It looked like the cover of a romance novel, her visualizing her and Vader together. Uh, 
she's hugging Vader. She's got her leg up on him, like the classic pose. The sky is pink, and there's 30-foot waves behind them. <laughs> like, just doesn't yeah, make looks, any sense at all, but it looks awesome. No. Yeah, it's great. Now, Vader is due for a medical procedure, and the doctor is very anxious about it. Now, this doctor is always screaming at the nurse to do this or do that or get the fuck out of the room. You're, you're useless. You're not helping. Uh, he's under a lot of stress being Vader's doctor. For sure. So the nurse is late for this procedure, and she goes in and interrupts it. Vader is upset, and he throws the doctor, telling him to keep control of his medical bay. The nurse says, like she's talking to herself, she says, he punished the doctor instead of her. <laughs> Why didn't she see it before? He's lonely like she is. Oh, goodness. Then back to another daydream, and Vader is force choking the doctor for her. The nurse is told to clean the med bay, and she finds a small bloody piece of Vader's armor lying on the bed. She grabs it, takes it to her quarters, and adds it to a small collection of items she's taken from other procedures of his. Uh, little memories, she calls them or souvenirs of their unspoken love. Vader rushes back from a battle. He's damaged and in need of medical help. She helps him in before the doctor arrives. Vader ends that procedure prematurely so he can rush back into battle. And Vader happened to forget his cape in the medbay. She thinks he left it for her on purpose. Right. So she takes it to her quarters then another daydream of their first dance after they're married. I am Great. loving Excellent. these daydream. Uh, the, they're the best. Like the yeah. art is, it's so different than like the art in the book. It's just a great, yeah. a great change. It's, it's a great way of showing like how delusional she is, like the world she's living in. You know, that's, that's what it looks like for her. It's good. So the doctor comes to her quarters to yell at her. And sees Vader's cape. Then sees her little memories. He calls her an utter lunatic. And Vader <laughs> will likely make death and destruction rain from the sky for an insult like this. She begs him not to say anything. Then yet another daydream. Where she's dressed in similar attire to Vader. And she's <laughs> force choking the doctor. Yes. Some of that power rubbed off on her. Yeah, she's learning the ways of the Force. Yes, of course. The nurse makes her way to Vader's personal quarters. He's in his meditation chamber. She says, hello, and opens it. Vader is sitting there with his helmet off. She sees his face and tells him not to cover up and that he's beautiful. She says, now that she's seen the real him, he doesn't have to be alone. She is his now and forever, and they can be together. She's interrupted by Vader putting his lightsaber through her chest and the end. So, so much, so much about this one. Too. Yeah, I know. Um, first of all, first of all, the way that ends is so great. Yeah. I, 
I've never felt the way that this comic made me feel. Um, I guess since like maybe in, in like horror movies, like maybe Friday the 13th, uh, where I like a character so much throughout the whole thing, but also I'm like very happy. I'm like cheering for their death. <laughs> I'm like, as soon as she goes up to talk to him at the end, I'm like, please kill her. Please kill her somehow. And uh, that is what happens. So it's like, it's, it's so much like I'm so on her side. I like her so much. She's so, even though she's doing these insane things, it's so relatable. Like when I, I had definitely had a period of time in my life and I was so obsessed with crushes that I would just like do ridiculous. Like I would just like think so far into interactions oh, and same. just make up stories that happened. Yeah. And just like, I'd be like in the gym and like on the treadmill and it's a small it was a small gym so you have to be wearing like a beeper type thing so that if you go if you're the only person in the gym so if you go down you can hit the beeper and someone will come and help you because it's a very small gym someone came and like gave me the beeper because they were leaving the gym and they introduced themselves they were just like hello i'm emily yeah and i was like she's in <laughs> she's love with into me, me. <laughs> She's in. She's totally into me. And then the rest of the gym, I'm planning our dates. Um, Like, it's just that level of insanity that's happening in this comic. It's so great. It's so relatable. But yeah, I'm so happy when she gets the lightsaber through her chest at the end. Uh, It's just, it's a fantastic story. Great setup with her. She's a person in a position of no power at all. Her boss is like completely yelling at her and making her do things every minute of the day. And she's attracted to the ultimate power. You know, Darth Vader has the ultimate power. She's attracted to it. And eventually in her visions, she's got that power too. You know, she gets to stick it to the boss. Yeah. It's so perfect. It's it's so well laid out. Uh, yeah, just another, another great one in this uh, volume. Yeah, again, Hopeless Hallam, like really writes her well. You're on board yeah. with her really early on. She's adorable. She's got a crush on Vader. And then Hallam takes you down this road of her being way too obsessed. And I just, I found this one so ironic too, because I knew right off the bat, she's getting killed. I kind of, I kind of sniffed these issues out and I don't think it was all that hard to do, but I knew right away she was going to get killed. Um, But my reasoning was more because of Padme, because what this nurse doesn't know Mm is that Vader is incapable of caring for anything or anyone other than Padme. So I knew this was going to do absolutely nothing for him other than maybe infuriate him, like make him upset about Padme. I don't know if by the end he is like feeling anything. Like there's a really great panel of him with his mask off and the way his eyes have been drawn uh, it says like a thousand words without saying one, you know, there is, I think there's so much going on in his face. I don't know what it is. Uh, it could be, yeah. it could be nothing. It could be um, an annoyance, but it could be like, don't remind me about love and don't remind me about relationships because I I don't want to, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And, you know, yeah. then he, uh, he kills her. So, I I loved her innocence thinking there's a chance. Like I think not, not only is there a chance, but she thinks he's dropping hints for her that he's he in love with her. Yeah. But little does she know how wrong she is. Right. 
Yeah, they've never spoken once. No, they've never traded words. So um, <laughs> this is what I was talking about before. This is where I think a shift in the tone of the art would have been excellent. Um, okay, if, yeah. If when Vader stabs her or maybe just before that, if this issue shifted into like some really, really dark art to show her the real, like the real world she's existing in. Whereas I feel like the issue or sorry, the art we get in this issue is more like her bubbly world and the way that she views things. If she could have got snapped out of that for a fraction of a second and seen like what Vader is about and what the empire is about, I would have really, really liked to have seen that. And I think it would have, it would have elevated this one a little bit for me. Excellent point, Tim. Uh, totally. It's so cutesy, the art in the beginning of the comic. The shift here would have been so perfect. That's that's a really good point. I uh, I, I didn't think about that at all and now wish it was there because um, that would be that'd be so good. Just in this last moment, show what it really looks like. Because, um, yeah, we're just, she's in her own world, obviously, this entire comic. And we get the romance world. But even her own world, like even the regular world is uh, is her own little world. Shift that at the end. Totally. Now, issue four, um, the issue we're not so hot on yeah. called Hot Shot. <laughs> wow. The cover is Vader's head and upper body being very prominent. There's a small X-wing pointed at him. And his hand is underneath, almost like he's using the force to hold it up. Now, the art, okay. It's like kind of middle of the road. The colors, though, are phenomenal. Because we have Lee Lowridge here, and he is a master at color theory. And, man, this issue was gorgeous, gorgeous colors. Yeah, yeah. And this issue, well, like, I'll I'll let you lay it out here, but this issue does... Uh, a th- something, a few things that I really like. I just think that it doesn't fit the uh, the the whole kind of theme they're going for. Um. So yeah, so I agree, and then I think, I think I, I hope maybe we can talk about it, and I hope I can we can figure out like how it does fit, because I think maybe okay, in cool. a small yeah. way it does. I just don't think they executed okay. on how it fits well enough. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, like, yeah, the last panel is like a little confusing and you have to think about it a bit. And that's not really what this book is really doing the rest of the- I never had to sit on the last panel and think about it. So that's why it feels like a little bit different. Oh, interesting. I just sit on the last panel of the next one. Oh, okay, cool. Now, this story starts out with a young boy who smuggles blasters with his father. He's probably like, I don't know, six or seven. His father gets caught. The boy is hiding and ready to take a shot at the stormtroopers as soon as his father makes a run for it, just like they planned. His father makes a run for it. The boy freezes, can't pull the trigger, and the father is shot and killed. We catch up with the boy when he's maybe like 18-ish. I don't know. Is that what you think? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. He wants to join the rebellion and fly an X-Wing. They tell him to come back in five years, but he tells them he's been flying for years already, all the way up until his father was killed. He says the war is personal for him, and if they give him a shot, he'll take it. Then an important mission comes up where the rebels have tracked a war minister to a starfighter factory, and they want to destroy it. They need to send a small team of pilots 
for the attack. And as one of the better pilots, they give this kid a shot. But it turns out Vader is on board the factory. And when the X-Wings attack, Vader defends in his TIE fighter. The boy is able to land a shot on Vader and gets very excited. But Vader is still cutting through the rest of the team. It's down to the boy and one other X-Wing that sacrifices itself to give the boy the perfect shot on Vader. The boy has his chance. His target lock is on. But he starts to shit himself because of the fear of Darth Vader, and he doesn't take the shot. He retreats back to their main ship. Vader and a squad of Ties follow and attack, and the issue ends with a panel that's half Vader's helmet and half of the boy's face, and the boy saying he had the shot, he just couldn't take it. And it looks like their entire ship is going to be destroyed. This issue doesn't go any further, but Vader and the Ties are going to, they're going to blow they're this dead. entire ship up. Yeah, they're dead. So, this one. So, yeah, so, I got lots some, of thoughts again. So, some of the stuff we've already touched on, how Hopeless Hallam can build up a character, make you feel invested in this character really quick. He tried that here with this young boy who's, father gets killed because he didn't pull the trigger right i'm not feeling anything for that boy i know i'm gonna feel more for that boy if that boy pulls the trigger and misses and then gets captured and the father still gets killed i don't have a lot of sympathy for this boy who's like in this war and doesn't do anything about it so right off the bat i'm not really into him then when we catch up with him later when he's 18 he's a bit of like as this issue is titled he's a bit of a hot shot right he thinks he's the big shit he's very he's very like high on himself he thinks he, he thinks like, oh i'm not going to come back in five years you guys need to take me right now because i'm that good so i never really connect with this kid and then he ends up failing yeah. someone sacrifices their life so he can get a target lock on vader and he gets the lock and he doesn't pull the trigger again so there's nothing redeeming for me about this character in this story. Yep. Uh, I totally agree. I did not feel the connection at all with the kid, which is weird because we've talked about how good um, Dennis Hopeless is at uh, doing this, at, at connecting you to the character. Didn't feel the connection. I thought there was too many uh, time jumps and I got a little confused and I, I, I think that breaks the connection. You know, I wasn't able to sit with anything um, because it just broke and went to a different timeline and I had to readjust what I was thinking. And again, Hopeless is great at jumping timelines. One of my favorite books, like, well, my favorite book from him is Avengers Arena. And it is very, um, it's very like losty where uh, you get introduced to a ton of characters, like 16 plus characters, you don't know anything about them. And then as the story progresses, you get these flashbacks of them and it really deepens their character and you really start to understand why they're there and what they're doing. And so he's really good at flashback stuff. So I, I it wasn't just that he's not good at it. It's just that it was, I think, too quick, whatever it was, um, took me out of the character. So yeah, I totally agree. Was not on board with this hotshot kid. Felt nothing for him. That was a big problem. I think um, one thing that I liked, I'm going to gonna go with one thing I liked, is that the beginning of the issue was like the rebels sending only sort of one fighter out there 
uh, to get kind of captured so that they could track that that fighter. They could track that um, X-Wing so that the whole fleet would show up and then, uh, you know, mount an attack. And then at the end of the comic, that's what Vader did. Vader let him go right. so he could follow him all the way back to the base and then destroy it. So I liked that. I liked that, uh, that sort of mirror of the beginning and the end here. Um, but I like this kid, in my opinion... It wasn't that he was like afraid of Vader. It said he can't do it. He can't pull a trigger. He's not made for war, and Vader is. Like Vader's the hotshot kid that is made for war. Um, so this kid just can't do it. But like this whole issue isn't like the others. You know, Vader didn't have an impact on him. He he can't. It's not that he can't pull the trigger because of something Vader did. It's just his own little story, and that's why for me it doesn't really fit because this isn't somebody who crossed paths with Vader, and then that's why he can't do something now. It's just that this kid could never do it. This kid can never pull the trigger. He's he wants to be able to be the hot shot. He wants to be able to person who like wins the war, but you know, maybe he's a pacifist. He can't he can't shoot the gun. Um and so it was just weird. It felt weird in this in this whole volume. Yeah. So that's where like if this issue is going to work for me, uh it, it has to be at the end that this kid can't pull the trigger because of Vader's power yeah now whether that's vader actually doing something with the force to stop this kid from taking the shot um very possible maybe he does some sort of mind control and and that won't allow him to pull the trigger that might explain that final panel where it's like the split of their faces i kind of got the feeling that that's like to lead us to believe that vader was inside this kid's head Hmm, okay. Whether that's actually what happened or whether just the the fear of Vader is enough to shut you down. Um so more so than just the man, but the idea of Vader, like the legend of Vader strikes fear in your heart and is enough to like cripple you in the moment where you might be able to stop him. I don't think that's what they were going for, but that totally makes sense to me. Like if we had a, if we had something at the beginning where his dad just kept talking to him about Vader, like telling him stories about Vader, then in that moment he couldn't do it because like the legend of Vader, that actually would have totally worked. Um, what I thought about the final panel was just two sides of the same coin where like, or not, yeah, where like Vader can do it and this kid can't, you know, Vader can... Vader can pull the trigger and that's what brought him to where he is right now. And this kid can't. And that's what brought him to where he is. You know, he, it's just, they were kind of both hotshot kids and this kid couldn't do it. I don't know. It's like, it, it was, I didn't think it was the fear of Vader. That could be it for sure. And that makes me, you know, that, that makes me more happy with the issue that it's the fear of Vader, but then have his dad implant that in him there's no reason why he should fear vader in this moment because there's nothing vader did at all in this entire comic to anybody around him uh or like it did, that he didn't do anything to his dad or anything like that so yeah I, I like what you're saying though if if there was more at the beginning like that's the way it's going to work for me and i'm, I'm yeah, searching for a way exactly. for this for this issue to make sense within the yeah. like within the rest of the book and having like you know hopeless hallam be the one to write everything there's got to be something in here, right? Like, I, I don't know if we're missing something or yeah. overlooking it, but, you know, he wrote them all and this one just doesn't seem to fit. And I don't, point, yeah. I don't know why, like uh, maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's in here and we just, we can't figure it out, but th that's what would make it fit for me is just um, 
the other four issues are sort of about like Vader himself and his physical presence. And this one might be more about the legend of Vader and just the idea yeah. of him being enough to stop someone. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, maybe that's uh, maybe that's an item for the wrap up episode, because uh, I did, as soon as I finished this comic, uh, go throw the physical copy uh, in my cart because uh, I really want to get my hands on this uh, on this book. So I'll give it another read, definitely, and see if we can come up with maybe. Yeah, maybe we don't get it because like it's the same writer as all the other ones. So what is he going for here? Uh, which we like, at least me, I, I do not get what he's going for here. And that's why it doesn't fit. It's not it's not as transparent, definitely, as the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the last issue. It's called You Can Run, dot, dot, dot. We all know what comes after that. <laughs> right? Death. You can't hide, motherfucker. <laughs> now, the cover, this was a neat cover. This was very, yeah. very intelligent, very well done. It looks like a fractal, but it's Vader's helmet but as if his helmet was a skeleton. Cool. Really cool colors. Definitely an eye-catching cover. This would have looked awesome on the rack at the comic book store. People would have picked this up just for the cover. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I liked the art. Um, I'd probably say it was middle of the road out of the five, but halfway through this comic, we get some incredible psychedelic art which i always love to see and um yeah the panels for the most part i liked the way that they were laid out and it uh, allowed for some really good action so yeah i i will say psychedelic art part incredible loved it that's when the art uh, kicked up a notch for me because before that happened i'm flipping back and forth trying to figure out which character is who because two yeah. characters look similar true and that is always that's always a miss if i have to go back and be like wait which one is this now because they were just talking to each other and i don't know who's who that's a problem also their dialogue between each other was not great i felt yeah. like i honestly i felt like there were words missing from the conversation i couldn't feel who was who so when it like so that's another thing i never really thought about that tim but like if your dialogue's good even if two characters look similar and then we split off to just one of them you know who's who because you know how that person talks i needed to flip back because i didn't know who was who there they yeah they didn't have a voice for like themselves right now this one starts out with vader and some stormtroopers on a planet hunting down a rebel spy who stole imperial intel The rebel goes to a local tavern and is forced to check his weapons at the door because this tavern allows both rebels and empire, so no weapons allowed. Vader and the troopers show up. They walk through the door and start tearing the place to shreds. So immediately I loved this idea that this tavern full of like fighters, but they've all been unarmed and... Vader just walks in and is just murdering people. I d- yeah, and I, I, I like the idea that everybody obeys the rules except Vader. He obeys no rules. He only no. obeys his own rules. <laughs> like, both sides are in here checking their weapons, and that's fine because they just want to have a drink. They just want to have a good time. It's not wartime when you're having a drink. Vader doesn't give a fuck. He's in there to kill everybody. He's kill first, ask questions second. He just walks in. Exactly. He yeah. lightsabers some dudes. The stormtroopers are shooting, and then he asks, where's the intel that was stolen? Yeah. Now, the bartender who locks up the guns is in the back. He hears this action. 
He's shitting himself. He quickly grabs what he can from the gun locker, which happens to be a backpack with blasters and a couple grenades, but it also has the stolen intel. Vader sees him and chases him outside into the jungle. Uh, I loved what the bartender said here as he runs out into the jungle. He knows the jungle's a death trap, and he says there's death ahead of him, as in the jungle, and he says there's death behind him, as in Vader. Nice. Kind of a hopeless situation. Yeah. So the bartender is running, and he trips on a vine and falls into a patch of nightmare bloom, which are poison thorns that poison your mind. Hell yeah. This is where the art gets good. Yeah. As he looks back at Vader, he is now tripping on Nightmare Bloom, and Vader is a mostly shadow figure, and his lightsaber is an energy whip with a dragon's head. Oh, yes. This looks so good. So good. Yeah, if you want to like picture anything that's going on in this from this comic on, it's it's very much like the fear gas that the scarecrow has in Batman Begins yeah. when he sprays everyone and they just have these nightmarish visions. That's like what I was thinking when I was reading this. Like the lightsaber is just like a dragon. It's like turned into a dragon as it comes at him. It's so fucking good. It's awesome. Yeah. So the bartender sees a cabin. He heads towards it. But the cabin turns into a giant Darth Vader mask, and the door is now the mouth. Great. I got to walk into that. that. He has to walk into the mouth of Vader. Yeah. Inside, there are hunting trophies on the wall, uh, heads of weird looking creatures. They all come to life and attack the bartender, who just starts shooting his blaster at them. And I thought this was pretty funny because. Like, he's inside there just tripping out. Oh, yeah. Vader's outside, and there's blaster fire coming through the wall. Vader, I don't know, Vader probably thinks that this guy's shooting at him. Meanwhile, this guy's inside shooting at nothing, just his, like, hallucinations. Uh, And and I just want to say a great setup for the heads, a bunch of different heads of a bunch of different creatures to be in this cabin. And it's one setup by like one line of dialogue that a stormtrooper gives earlier in in the issue where he says this planet's only good for two things, drinking and hunting. And what do we do in this planet? We go to a bar and we go to a cabin where there's a bunch of different animal heads on the wall and they come to life in this guy's vision. Just great stuff. Great setup. Yep. Agreed. Now the bartender starts walking backwards up some stairs when they break and he falls through into the basement. Down there, he sees a bunch of undead crawling towards him and they're telling him that they're thirsty and they want him to give them a drink. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. He pulls a grenade out, throws it at them. Then Vader comes over and Vader's mask has the mouth of the predator. Oh, Jeez. It looked so cool. Yeah. Vader demands the bartender give him the intel, so he does. Then the issue ends with a panel of the bartender in the basement lying on the floor in complete and utter terror. Now, this is the one I had to, like, hold on for a second. Okay. I'm not not sure if he's dead or alive. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, that I, I like that because um, I wasn't sure 
before the that panel i was like oh i don't know if he's going to be dead or alive and i wasn't sure and then when we got that panel i was like oh obviously he's alive but that's just i think me thinking too quickly about it i like uh i like you sitting on it for a bit and wondering if he's dead or alive because uh, that's what i was thinking before i saw same first time i thought he was alive second time i yeah. thought well why do i think he's alive because his yeah, exactly. eye is open that doesn't mean you're alive yeah so I, I i i'm Leaning towards the fact that he's dead there. I am actually which now is too. In, I just in like, line with the re- yeah, I, in line with the rest of the book. Yeah, exactly. I, it was just my first impression that, oh, okay, he's alive. But that, yeah, it makes more sense if he's dead here. So I, I like that. I like that interpretation. Unless Vader just left him because he's having such a hard time. But Vader doesn't care about that stuff. No, he would have just killed. I mean, he got his intel. He killed him. But like, he just killed him. He doesn't care. He would have killed him for running. Yeah. He would have killed him if he didn't run. Vader kills exactly. People. He he would have killed him if he was in love with him. <laughs> if that bartender was in love with him. He would have killed him. He only won't kill you if you're his son. That's it. <laughs> that's the that's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's it. Uh, that was a really Great. fun book. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I've been wanting to read that for a while. Uh, glad we did. Always happy to bring some Star Wars content. Um, I, I would like to bring more more often, so I'm gonna try to yeah try to make a point here on talking back to bring some more Star Wars uh, content in. I feel like after doing a year of Star Wars stuff, we uh, started to neglect it a little bit, and um, I think we need to find other ways of bringing Star Wars back onto the podcast. So there you have it. Yeah, for sure. Now we're now we're a year removed from the year of Star Wars. So <laughs> yeah, it's time it's time to get more back in here. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, well, hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you would like to help support us here, we'd very much appreciate that. Uh, please just tell your friends about Talking Back. Send them an episode. If they like Star Wars, send them this one. You could um, leave a rating and a review on your podcast app. That goes a long way to helping us. Uh, you can leave a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com. Or you can sign up on Patreon to be a patron and gain access to exclusive episodes. And now that this episode's over, don't worry. Head on over to BFOPnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like. Or Dean will become madly infatuated with Darth Vader, confess his love... And interrupt him in his meditation chamber. I'm close. I'm close to that point anyway. <laughs> I'm almost there. I might be in the room when you come in, Dean. I might beat you yeah, there. You are already there. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Dean, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will catch you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.